Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in the Ivy League, a look inside the ancient 18s in the Ivy League and their upcoming games with all of the stats, trends, and analysis that you want to hear. And now, here's your host, Tom Barton. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in the Ivy League. And it all is set for the college basketball board. We will get into all of that. I am Tom Barton from TomBartonSports.com. Go check me out, Tom Barton Sports, over on Twitter, TomBartonSports.com. Tom Barton Sports over on YouTube. If you want to get in touch with me, it's TomBartonSports at gmail.com. Yeah, guys, look, it's all set. We have the final weekend. So let me give you the schedules, and then we'll go back, and then we will preview, right? So first, we'll talk about the women's tournament. The semifinals start Friday, March 10th. Seed one uh, starts at 4.30. Seed two versus three at 7 o'clock. And the championship game will be Saturday, March 11th. Uh, Obviously, the winners will face off against each other. The men's tournament is completely set, and we will look how we got here in a moment. But number one, Yale. Goes on, they beat Brown Saturday night to not only give them the number one overall seed, but to give Cornell the number four instead of Brown. So in a weird spot, that's how that that kind of went went on. So Yale will take on Cornell, 11 a.m. Saturday, March 11th. Princeton takes on Penn at 1.30 following that game, the 2-3 matchup. And the championship game is the following day. It's March 12th. So that's where where we are. How did we get here? Well, I mentioned, so I might as well start. Yale beat Brown in Providence, Rhode Island. Yale beat Brown 84-75. to You look at this Yale team that everybody keeps putting ahead in the brackets. Well, look, they give them good reason. You know, they went out there and they had a one-point lead. It was a tedious back-and-forth battle for much of the game, and Yale exploded in the second half, 50 points in the second half. They let their offense absolutely take over. Yale is the one seed. With that loss, Brown gets knocked out of the four-team playoff. That allows Cornell in. Cornell, earlier in the day, as a 15-point favorite, beat Columbia 87-73. Cornell had a time in the first half of this game. And I want to talk about this because I do think Cornell is very dangerous. Cornell at a time at a point in this game, early in the first half, had a 20-point lead. And Columbia went on like a 16-3 to run or something like that to pull it within six. It was a six-point game at the half. Then Cornell, again, got out to a 22-23 point lead in the second half, only to watch it evaporate a little bit. Now, some of the evaporation of that lead had to do with the idea that, uh, you know, Cornell pulled off the, the, their dogs late. Cornell pulled everybody away. Uh, Columbia scored uh, for a backdoor beat by some of the sportsbook guys out there, depending on what number you were getting. For the 15, they scored a, a meaningless goal, meaningless a meaningless bucket at the end. Uh, I say meaningless to everybody that wasn't betting the game. But here we go. Another game where Cornell, the offense explodes. It had been four games since we've seen this kind of offense from Cornell. On their home floor, they're now 11-2. and two. Cornell finishes the year on this high, and they squeak in, but they kind of backed in. They needed the Brown loss. They haven't been playing well, and this is a team that all year long, I said, are they for real? Well, they have an opportunity here to show that they're going to be for real. We'll talk about that in a moment. Harvard, Dartmouth, 
Harvard ends a disappointing season with a disappointing loss. 87-82, they go down. Nelson for Harvard, 19.6 assists, three steals. He tried to do it all, uh, but it just wasn't enough. Harvard's defense, when they played well this year, they won games. Harvard's offense uh, was so up and down, so up and down. And Dartmouth, much of the same. Look, Dartmouth ends it at home. They end with a nice win. They end with a nice fourth quarter win here. It's a good good situation for Harvard and Dartmouth, uh, or for Dartmouth to win, uh, but it doesn't matter. They're both in the same spot. Neither one of them made this at all. And then we had the game that everybody was looking at. Now, you can tell me it didn't matter, right? Because, look, Yell, Yell's going to win um, later on that night, maybe. Well, it, it, But it didn't matter. It mattered to both these teams because Penn came in with the winning streak. Penn goes down in Princeton, 77-69. And Princeton wants to believe that they're the number one team. And Princeton is now has this tournament on their home floor. They have the tournament on their home floor, guys. For Penn, Dingle, who, by the way, to me, is conference player of the year. Um, I'm not I'm not even really arguing that. I know people are going to argue Ledlam. You can't give it to him now, not with what Harvard did. Jarvis is a good player, a really good player. I'm not giving it to him. You know, guys like, uh, you know, everybody else, Williams, Dolan, uh, you have representatives. This is his 100%. I don't think that there, there's much argument there. Dingle put in 28 points and in a loss. But the loss went into overtime. Penn proved I can go into overtime with you, Princeton, on your home floor and push push it to where they were. Penn was destroying this team. By the way, 42 points in the first half. But Princeton dominated the second half, 41 to 24. They held them to 24 points. That's going to be the story. Can Princeton's defense do that again? And that's what we're going to have. I just talked to you guys. Guys, look, it's going to be Yale. It's going to be Cornell. And Yale is in a position here to, again, Fill all the bracketology up all you want. This team has one loss. Uh, really, I mean, you're looking one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They got one loss in the last 10 games. Their one loss was at Penn, a good team. When they've taken on Cornell, they shut Cornell down the last time. They did look, they held Cornell to 58 points. It's unthinkable. It's absolutely unthinkable. Cornell's defense actually held, listen, held them to 76. I know it was a different style game. But you got to feel good at your Cornell. By the way, Cornell also has a win on against them. Cornell needed to put up 94 in that game, but they put, put up a win. I don't think that this is as easy as people want to make it out to seem, but I just can't back Cornell with the way that they ended the season. We have been harping on Columbia all year long. There's another kind of cakewalk. I don't like the way Cornell's, even their offense, played at the end of the year. So in order for them to win this game, I think they need to put up another 90 points on Yale. I think you're going to need a huge, high-scoring, ridiculous 90-point type of game if you're going in there and you're going to beat Yale in this spot. I don't know if Cornell has it in them. Offensively, you know, they have just been in such doldrums and they just struggled so much with Yale. Offensively, they let Yale, you know, kind of concede the pace. They got to get back to what they were. There's any prayer in this game. I expect this game for you uh, gamblers out there. I expect this game to be, geez, I mean, it might be a double-digit spread. 8-9-10, right? I mean, 8-9-10. The over-under is going to be set at, at a, a nice clip as well. I know last game that they got held to under 60, but you got to put this over-under at like 147 or so, 150 even maybe. And if you like Yale, you tend to lean to the under, but they could outscore them too. 
I think Yale is advancing. I, this is no slight against Cornell, who I've been a backer of this year, but I think Yale's advancing. I don't think that many people are going to scream and kick about that one. And we have the rematch. Princeton Penn, we just saw what just happened. Okay, so they just played this game. They get one week to make adjustments. One week to figure th- things out, right? One week to, to, to let's do this again. By the way, Princeton is now 2-0 against Penn. They beat Penn 72-20 to earlier in the year. Princeton's a team that they lost to Yale when they let up 93. They lost to Dartmouth when they let up 83. They lost to Yale again when they let up 87. Those three losses, guys, they let up just a ton of points. Offense has to be the name of the game, and you know that Penn can score, right? So Penn had their losing streak or their winning streak snapped, and now all of a sudden they're coming off of a loss. They haven't come off of a loss in a long time. So it's going to be interesting to know how the mentality of Penn is going to be. They, they haven't had back-to-back laws. Well, they hadn't had to come back after a loss since January 21st. They lost at Yale, came back at Hartford uh, two days later, quick turnaround, and, and destroyed Hartford by 24 points. And then they went on their run of winning nine straight, okay, or eight straight, until they come to this ninth game. And in this ninth game, at the half, they were looking at another winner. They have the best player on the floor. And I don't think that that is something that we can overlook in this small tournament situation, right? They go 28, 27, last two games. Uh, against this Princeton team, he's had good games, right? 28, 21, he's had good games this year. But he's got to do even more than that. You know, in the game against Princeton where they lost, they only put up 60 points. If you have that kind of output, or if you have a like a 24-point second half like they did, you can't do that. You've got to dare Princeton to keep up with you. I think Penn can knock Princeton off. I do. I think Princeton is a team that now that you've gotten them and you push them to overtime, well, it feels good if you're Princeton, but it's also got to feel pretty good if you're Penn. You showed you could play with them. Now, Princeton at home, they're not unbeatable either. They lost to Yale at home just two games ago. So they're not unbeatable at home. Their offense is up and down. They play to their competition, right? They put up 83 against Yale. They let up 93. You put up 83 against Dartmouth, 89 against Cornell. But you put up 58 against Harvard, right? You hold Penn to 60. They're they're a well-rounded team. I think most people are going to put Princeton as the favorite. I think you're going to see a line set at like minus six or so for Princeton being the favorite here. I tend to lean that Penn can keep this close. I think people are not going to realize how close this game was to being a Penn win today. I don't think that the general public is going to look at this game and people that are not Ivy League fans are going to look at this game and realize how good Penn can be. So I have a feeling that that we're looking at Penn and Yale. I could see it being Princeton and Yale. I'm going to take either Princeton or Penn, whoever's coming out, to win the whole thing. I, it's not an anti-Yale thing, and I know people are going to call it an anti-Yale thing. It's not an anti-Yale thing. It's just I like Princeton and Penn. I wish that that was the final game, especially after what we saw this week with the overtime. That's my feeling. I also believe that any of these teams, Penn, Yale, or Princeton, any three of them can win a game in the big tournament. That's what we'll talk about next week. We'll preview the first tournament game. Make sure you guys enjoy the conference tournament. Enjoy this. Savor it. It's been a real fun Ivy League year. Tune in next week. We're going to preview March Madness and see which team has a chance to knock off a big boy in the first round. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.